Dad without a dad production. Hey everybody, and welcome to Dad Without a Dad. That is Dad Without a Dad. My name is Jose, Jose de la Roca, and today, I mean today, if it's not one of the top, one of the best podcasts we ever had, I don't know what else will top it, but it's not because Andy is not here, and by the way, Andy couldn't be here today, even though he emailed me and said sorry he couldn't be here, but he had to be a dad, and he needed to take care of his son, and because his wife had to go on a trip, and he needed to become a dad, and he has a two not become a dad but he has a two-year-old and i don't think he could have done the podcast with a two-year-old running around especially at the time that we record because he's in the uk as you guys know well without any more waiting i gotta tell you guys today i have not only one but two amazing guests and not only because they make one of the best beers i ever had had but i think they're also great entrepreneurs and they're going to tell us how they created this amazing business that I'm not only a fan, I'm a customer, and hopefully maybe you could buy a little piece of the business. You never know. No. <laughs> I'm talking about Jeff and Paul, the founders of one of my favorite, favorite beers and brewings, which is Hairless Dog Brewery. Guys, welcome. Thank you, Jose. Thank you for having us. So let me start by, uh, let's see, since I'm looking at the wonderful Paul, uh, can you guys just tell us about the the beer, the business, and how do you guys met? Because since we're going way back. Sure, sure. That'd be, that'd be our pleasure. Again, thanks for uh, thanks for having us. It's uh, great to finally meet you. We're big fans of your work. Uh, Jeff and I are old friends. We met um, through our social circles years and years and years ago. And uh, he ended up living across the street from me. And so our families kind of came up. I got two kids. He's got two. And um, they, uh, he, he actually babysat my kids when they were younger. And when they moved and we kind of went our separate ways to a certain extent, just because life happened. And then we ended up uh, running into each other at a holiday party a year or two later. And both noticed that we were the only ones in the room without drinks in our hands. And... Uh, that started the conversation, you know, oh, you're not, uh, you're not drinking anymore either. And so the next day we got together at a coffee shop and just to kind of talk things through and catch up and see what was going on. And we both kind of came to the realization that there was such a shortage of quality beer and a products out there that you felt good about walking around with, you know, I mean, the, there's so much stigma attached to a, you know, to the old, the old NA beer things that it, it, and it's so poorly stocked that if you go out to a restaurant and ask for an NA beer or an NA anything, you kind of get offered something on the kids list or you can have a Diet <laughs> Coke and, you know, you can only drink so many of those before you kind of give it up. So we we decided that we would kind of give it a go and see because we wanted a product that you could feel proud about walking around with, but that also tasted better than anything that we could get our hands on. And we grew up on this Midwestern kind of like craft beer explosion that happened that, you know, everywhere else. But um, and we wanted something that replicated those flavors that was and there just wasn't anything available. And so that's kind of that was our start. Jeff, is that kind of how you remember it, too? 
we were having a discussion about different uh, NA beer options out there. And we're like, have you tried this one? Have you tried this one? And we were going through them all. And we're like, dude, there's got to be something that that is awesome. And um, Paul had, you know, 20 years of brewing experience in his background. Ooh. We're like, has there anyone ever tried to make like a truly good craft NA? Um, and, uh, and we had done a ton of research on it and, and, uh, we, we hadn't found anybody and we had, um, decided that we were going to do it. And, uh, if we were going to do it, we're going to do it right. 0.0 alcohol, 0.0 regrets. And, um, and we were going to, it was going to be basically something that you could be proud to take with you to a party as well. So it was going to be delicious. Um, it was going to be bold, like the favorite craft beers that we loved, um, and, um, it was going to be, you know, um, sort of like a, uh, you know, you know, something that you can take to a party and not have to explain to people why you're not drinking. Cause Paul said it earlier, there's a huge stigma. If you, if you want to have something without alcohol in it at a party, everyone instantly judges you. And so we're tired of that. And that's very important to our brand and that. So one of the things that I think, uh, you guys talked about, um, uh, you know, walking around and feeling proud and I think what what it means for me is that, uh, believe it or not, ever since I started drinking your beer, people are always saying, hey, uh, are you back drinking? And it's I consider that a good thing for your brand because people really think that the way your brand looks, it's a real craft beer, even though it is. Mm -hmm. But it's does it have that stigma like you guys were talking about? Because every time I started, you know, posting about how wonderful your beer is, people were kept asking me, hey, aren't you not supposed to be drinking? Aren't you doing this? I thought you were not drinking. And and by the way, just to uh, um, give you guys a little bit of background, uh, I stopped drinking six years ago because uh, my life was in a ditch. And I understood that even though, like, I could have just kept going, I just wanted to be better for myself and I quit drinking and uh, uh, the de decision came because I wanted to be better for me not for anybody else and like you guys said um, I like beer I always liked since I was 21 and you know wanted to go to a bar and you know I think most of us and like you guys we tried the the, the beer that was always there the one in the green And it was kind of not good. And I was like, uh, and then people were like, oh, have you tried this one? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, that's like $20 a six pack. And then I finally in Trader Joe's had really good ones and I kept drinking that. And the way I came to you guys is that I was in Arizona with a guy who is a beer addict. He has a nap and he likes to collect them. And he every time we travel because I'm an MC for Nissan and I travel everywhere in the United States. He told me, he, let's go to this place. It's called Total Wine. And uh, I'm going to get a couple of things. You should go too. And I'm like, I've never been to Total Wine. And uh, I'm like, I don't even think there's in California. And there is. And I just went to the non-alcoholic section. And then it was eye-opening to see all oh, this amazing new beers that I saw. So I started trying that. And when I came to L.A., I went to the one by my house in Pasadena. And I was with my son because next door, there's actually a bookstore. So we'll do like a family trip where first Papa has to go get his non-alcoholic beer. And then we'll go read books at the other side. And uh, he actually got it because your beer has a dog, a doggy. And then the funniest thing is that uh, 
the best thing about total wine is that you're able to, you know, just get one, you know, single ones. So it's an amazing idea. So I decided to take a couple of years and I haven't stopped since because I think you guys make the best non-alcoholic beer out there because it tastes good. And uh, I started drinking it. It's been like a year. I don't think I spent any other money in any other non-alcoholic beer. So kudos to you. And I think that's what you guys are trying to say, how that stigma, you know, went away when you guys created that amazing logo and put all that work. And it's amazing that you guys just did it. Thank you. It is you. You kind of hit the nail on the head for us, which is the the uh, when you make a decision like that about your life, you know, to to be a better whatever you want to be, why ever you make that decision, and I, you know, I my my story is very similar to yours. That there's no sob story or anything like that. I just decided that I <laughs> met the met the point of, of uh, enough, and uh, you know, wanted to have something something different. But still, I missed I missed the flavors and I missed the the social thing and uh we wanted to have something that you could feel proud about being the you, you know you should be rewarded for making decisions like that not penalized and so when you can stop thinking about yourself as being i am a person who doesn't do this you know and you can move on to being i'm me and this is me i think that's you know that's a that's a big thing and for a lot of us a social part of of being out with all of our friends and you know the reason that people you know it's it, well not that but um, is based around, you know, drinking occasions and, and socializing around alcohol and, you know, happy hours and cheers and birthdays and all that stuff. And when you make a decision in your life to be better about that aspect of your life, you're kind of penalized because you're no longer part of that very important thing to who we are. And so what we're trying to do here, you know, besides, like you're saying, create a, a good tasting honey beer, is to allow people to replug into that part of their lives where they're just them. You know, you can just be you again with your friends. You know, you don't have to be the you that isn't that person anymore. And I think the, uh, like I said, the best, you know, compliment to you guys from me will be that people think it's a normal beer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we actually, there's, there's been times where when yeah, we yeah, a lot of come over the ABV. Yeah, go ahead, John. No, it's all right, man. Go ahead. Well, we just we've had we've had various um, occasions where you, you hide the ABV and and, uh, and and if people don't know that it's a zero zero product, we've had them guess that it's as high as six percent. And and people who aren't who, you know, aren't expecting an NA beer and try it will will say, you know, there's something a little bit different about it, but I can't. But they they think they're drinking a regular beer. Yeah, exactly. We did a, a food and, a food and wine experience, and uh, people came by the booth, and uh, we had a lot of people standing in line uh, waiting to try it. Most of them didn't know there wasn't. By the time we were handing out samples, and we we didn't. Most of them we didn't have time to explain what it was. So they would take their sample and they'd move on, and they'd come back and get more. And most, <laughs> most of them, them thought drunk. there was alcohol in the product. And and <laughs> right, most of them felt like they were they were getting drunk. And there were a couple of times when I was like, Paul, I you know this is uh this this is uh really really good. And honestly, I feel like I'm getting a buzz. Is that possible? It's like nope. And we'd. We test it and know there's uh, there's no alcohol in it. But what it is is it tricks the brain. I think in some ways, you know, we we wanted to bring call a lot of flavor cues um, into play that reminded the the brain of craft beer. And at the end of the day, it's the culinary experience like anything else. And 
Um, you don't have to feel ashamed bringing it into a party and you don't owe anybody explanations and just keep doing you. I think um, I always tell people it's not about, uh, and by the way, if um, for those listening, uh, I always tell people I'm not preaching. I never preach because I don't, I'm so different from Paul and Jeff and I'm so different from anybody else that I drink this something different to what it does to my brother. My brother has been drinking all his life. He has a house, an amazing family. Nothing happened to him, you know? So every time I tell people I decided not to drink and because I wanted to be better, I'm talking about me. So just anybody that is listening, we're not preaching don't drink. Actually, go and have a non-alcoholic beer, especially one of you guys. Uh, but <laughs> you guys just did it. I mean, it's... By the way, this is this is the... the thing that I always tell my people, meaning like the Latinos here and whoever I talk to, this is one of the greatest countries where you could just have an idea and make it. I mean, you just said Paul had 20 years of brewing. Uh, that's a little advantage that you guys have, but... Well, home brewing. Oh. Still, <laughs> I mean, I still wanted to ask you guys, you guys just did it. How did it happen? I mean, wow, it's just... And by the way, not just did it, you did it the right way. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was, you know, Thanks. go ahead, Jeff, you, you go ahead and take this one. All good. Um, so yeah, thank you for saying that. I mean, the, the, um, you know, it, it, I can't say that the road was always, uh, lights were always green for us <laughs> in the drive, uh, to where we are. And, uh, you know, we, like every company are, are, um, you know, we, we, um, you know, we're, we're still wrestling, um, you know, COVID posed an interesting uh, situation, which we're, we navigated through and managed it. We're managing to grow. Um, you know, we things are looking good for the company. But at the end of the day, Paul and I are out to make a product that we ourselves would love. Because at the end of the day, we know that that's what this is about. I mean, the, the product itself has to be something that we would love and that we would drink, and we do. And, um, you right. know, if we oh, weren't... No. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There he goes. So, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we knew that if it was if we made something by the highest standards that, to our standards um, and we've tried everything else out there and we're like, you know, it's, it's just got to be a big, uh, bold flavor like what we love. And as long as we do that, then there there are others like us, you know, like you. We get emails from people all around the country and they might some of them say, you know, I just I, I want to drink less. So I, I incorporate your product in with my regular routine when I go out with friends and the, you know, um, and I'm seeing a show or something, the last band doesn't play until 10 30, uh, you know, drinking a hairless dog is cheaper than an Uber ride home. Um, we, we hear people that's, that, that say, you know what, I haven't had a beer in 20 years and I was able to have one at my daughter's wedding. Thank you. Stuff like that. So, um, to us, those things are great. People drink hairless dog for different reasons. Um, we love hearing about them. we love hearing people's stories. Um, opening up our inbox uh, and, and finding uh, someone from around the country that found the product and is thanking us for it. That's honestly what we know that if we do good work, um, you know, the company's going to be fine and, and continue to grow. And it, that all kind of loops back to something you were saying earlier, Jose, which is this the not being anti-alcohol. If you, if you look at our cans, it says party like there's a tomorrow. And the whole reason behind that is we, you know, our, our, our motivating factor was that we wanted to bring more people to more parties and, and have the parties going on longer. You know, um, it, it's about inclusion and it's about 
you know, getting more people just again, being normal and feeling comfortable and, and having those conversations that people need to have. And so it's, it's certainly like you're saying, not about don't do something. That's not our place. And that's certainly not the message that we want to spend. Our, you know, what we're trying to say is that community is very important and people are very important. And so this, if you have the choice and this is the choice that you're making, here's an opportunity for you to be part of that community again. It's certainly not exclusionary in any way or preachy. Yeah. Who came out with that logo, by the way? Because I got to tell you, um, uh, I'm a creative guy. I always been. It took me a while to realize that that's who I was. You know, uh, I was always I always thought that I was, you know, stupid. And because I wasn't good in school, which is not true. I'm very smart. I just don't like school. But um, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I realized, I realized that I... I had like all these ideas and stuff like that. And I still remember I, when I saw your logo, I remember that two, three years ago, I wanted to do a commercial. And this is way before like, you know, all these commercials for non-alcoholic beers are coming out and stuff like that. But uh, two, three, I don't know, a long time ago, I wanted to do a commercial where there's a guy And uh, he goes to a party and he's drinking and drinking. And then people realize that he starts showing his beer and the beer is an alcoholic. And then he's like, and then uh, people ask him, why are you drinking that alcoholic? And then he picks up his uh, the car seat for his baby. And he says, because I still got to have fun and there's still something to do. So there's still a tomorrow, you know, so there's still responsibilities. Doesn't mean I cannot have fun. So when I saw your logo, I was like, not only great beer, but uh, and then I started investigating about you guys. And that's how I reached out to you guys. So congratulations. Who came up with the logo? Uh, it's a combination. Honestly, we had Paul and I both have musical backgrounds, and we had a harder time naming uh, this product than we did uh, the naming previous bands. Um, we had we had circled around it for um, for uh, years, <laughs> and after years of just thinking about Ed, any possible name, nothing sounded good. And then just one day, it dawned on us, you know, hairless dog, and we were like, "That's it." And, um, you know, the term hairless dog is obviously a pun on the phrase, which is a medieval one. Um, hair of the dog is uh, comes from the belief during medieval times that if you were bit by a rabid dog and you were able to capture a lock of its hair, you would boil it in water and then drink the concoction and you would not get rabies. We tried that. It doesn't work. Um, and uh, you still get rabies. And um, um, I'm kidding. It, we didn't. We didn't get rabies, well, man. Did Paul um, beat you or what? The, exactly. We. Uh, but the as far as the the uh, um, the we had we had basically you know felt like that was that basically summarized what we were trying to do. Amazing. So so you said you guys were in a band, right? Because um, before we started, and you know, um, I actually didn't do much research about you guys. I didn't want to go be all you know, Snoopy and stuff like that. I just knew who you were, uh, you, what you own. And I think I saw something that one of you guys was in a band, but I didn't want to go all in deep and be like, oh, this is in 1975. It says that you were uh, part <laughs> of it. So no, but you guys were, you, you guys are music people. And it's funny because I was asking Paul, can you give me a mic check? And most people are like, eh? And then he's like, yes, hold on, mic check, mic check. But you guys are. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wannabe. I'm I'm not a, a, you know, I'm not a real musician like Paul. 
<laughs> I would, I would, He's been I, in all kinds of bands. He still made a record, so don't let him uh, don't let him sell himself short. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we both, yeah, you know, we both we both have music in our backgrounds to various to various degrees, and it it does, you know, like Jeff was. You heard Jeff kind of allude to it, um, where the last band goes on at ten o'clock, which makes it kind of hard as you, as you get on and in your career, particularly when you have kids, you know, uh, it makes it kind of hard to go see all the bands you want to go see. And, uh, we, there's just this natural confluence for us between, you know, the, cause you go to bars to see bands, you want to have a beer. Right. And that also is part of getting back out there though. If you go to a bar and you're standing there with an O'Doul, somebody looks at you and goes, Ooh, what family did you crash your car into? <laughs> you know? And it, it just makes you want to not go out anymore and it makes you miss out on going to music and you know that's another thing is like we like being part of that scene so we got to come up with something that'll let us do that comfortably again um but yeah you know a lot of that same kind of i will say this and jeff you can correct me on this one if if, if i'm speaking out of turn here but uh a lot of kind of the attitude that goes into and jose you're a performer right uh, try, I mean, with this weird face, might as well make yeah, money right. out of it, right? Right. You, I, I, you know, you, you have people who tell you you shouldn't do it, you can't do it, this can't be done, that can't be done. And when you're a musician, it's the same thing. It's like, well, you don't want to do that because of this. You can't do this because of that. You should do it the other way that other people are doing it. And what makes it good is when you do it your own way and you just stop listening to people like that and you just come through with your own vision. And so to a certain extent, to a, a vast a great extent, actually, uh, we we carried that attitude into this business where we were told by a lot of people that, you know, you can't make a non-alcoholic beer the way that we're doing it. And and when we heard somebody say that, we would be like, all right, we're on the right track. You know, something something we're doing something right. We just got to keep pushing. And so we what we make is very different from anything else that's available out there. You're just, you, nobody else makes their stuff the way that we do. And you know, I, I think, there, I don't want to say defiance, but there's a certain part of, of us that kind of goes, oh, oh, you're telling us we can't do that. Huh? All right, well, here we come. You know, it's, um, when I was talking to uh, Tom, which is your marketing director and publicist, mm -hmm. and and then he said, oh, would you like to have, uh, you know, Jeff and Paul in the podcast? And I was like, yeah, I better say yes right now, because when they become famous and, you know, <laughs> so like, like, popular and the beer goes everywhere and then they don't recognize me even though i'm like five two and we're looking i'm like might as well say yes right now because you know it's like i gotta get them before you know this thing do you guys believe it's like uh you know cannabis like i guess it's a big trend happening and then i read something how there's so many non-alcoholics right now and i mean non-alcoholic beers at the moment and it's like a trend but i believe you know, it's a good trend and it's here to say, especially with great beer like yours. Yeah, I think I think the trend is is uh, here to stay. Um, I think it's going to fixate into the into the American consumption um, the way it did in Europe. So when, if you go into Europe, you can find all kinds of NA options and they're awesome. And then in, in the States, you just, you know, you, you'd come back to the States and you're stuck with the same like two or three options. And this what we're finding is the customer that buys hairless dog is just as fickle as anything else you know there's if you want kombucha there there's tons of options for you and 
people get their favorites and they kind of settle in on their favorites. And it's that company's mission to keep releasing engaging flavors and products just as we plan to do. So um, Hairless Dog, um, we are glad to be a part of a growing trend and we're honored that we have um, a seat at the, you know, at the table of the conversation that's happening around, you know, we've had, you know, and if I always tell people too, that our, our culture is a yoga pants culture, kale smoothies, mindfulness. Uh, We, you know, you go into a restaurant, everything's got to be free range, organic. And yet the conversation, and we're not anti-alcohol, we're not, but no one ever questions it. You know, they'll, you know, there are health, um, uh, risks with it too with like anything else consumption of any uh, t- one thing uh, might not be such a good idea but um and now that the conversation is happening where people are like you know i cut out alcohol and i feel amazing you look at celebrities um tons of celebrities just uh, every day you know hear about so-and-so cutting out alcohol and they feel great they're just done they're just like yeah i got it been there done that i'm done and and um it doesn't have to um always be like a story like you know with with you know, to it, people can just quit or cut back or, or drink less of it or incorporate hairless dog into their lifestyle just to feel better. Um, I, I've gone five years without any alcohol and I'm, I'm like, uh, I feel amazing. Um, I love waking up in the morning to my children. Um, and like you had said earlier, I know this is a podcast about dads. Babies do not care what time it is. (laughs) They don't care how late you were out last night. They want you to take care of them now. And whether that's five in the morning, six in the morning and um, uh, whatever they want, they need your attention. And, um, you know, I like I said, we're not out. We're not anti-alcohol, but we personally feel better when we, you know, when we cut it out. And we're just glad to be part of that trend. I think the the thing for me, like you, you guys are musicians and, you know, into bands and stuff like that. I'm a big baseball guy. And the thing that I always miss was. It's just, it's not the alcohol or how it makes, it's just the feeling of having a beer with some peanuts and watching the game, right? For me, that's like, like heaven. Like yesterday, like we, you know, Lakers were playing and even though I'm not a big uh, basketball fan, my son started clapping, you know, when the Lakers were, you know, scoring. And then I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? So just having a beer with some peanuts and your son is next to you and watching a game i think that's life right like at the end of the day and then you know why not you know having a good non-alcoholic beer like you guys you know i think that's the whole purpose right now like especially right now in this situation and anything like that but how old are your kids guys let's start with paul um my oldest is 20 he's a sophomore in college right now and my youngest is a senior in high school already which Uh-oh. makes me old. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? Uh, I have a eleven and eleven year old daughter and an eight year old son, one of each. All right, so you guys are dads, entrepreneurs. Any advice that you guys want to give somebody like me? I'm starting my business and I'm trying to do like a content creator business and. It's I, I always tell people I figure it out what I'm good at, but I figure it out what I'm not good at. And what I'm not good at is marketing myself. I don't know how to market myself because I never believed that I could do stuff. I never believed in this. Whatever I have is good. And actually, it is good, but I'm still trying to figure out how to put myself out there. 
um, for example, I got you guys in the podcast, which is a good thing because I figure out how to get you guys here, right? So I got to see it that way that I'm doing something good. But do you guys have any advice for any entrepreneur that start listening or something besides just do it? Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. But you guys did an amazing thing. You guys were dads, found a product, believed in it, and just did an amazing thing. I am a customer. I hope people are because it's an amazing product. First of all, how old? Well, thank you. But first of all, how old are your kids? I only have one because I can only afford one. And uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is four and about to be five in three weeks. Oh, it's a great age. It's a great age. Love that uh, age. Right. But also very uh, uh, impressionable and needs a lot of your time. right? Uh, yeah. I had eczema for a stress for right now. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's hard. You know, one of the challenges and, you know, Jeff, I think can probably speak to this a little bit, too, is that when you're um, when you're a caregiver for a child and you are, uh, you know, trying to either even as anybody who's tried to work and raise a child at the same time, but particularly if you're launching a business, you, you get stuck in this trap where you feel like you're not giving enough to either side, you know, and that's really for me was always the hardest part. Um, and when your kids are young, it's really hard to have kind of a, a, a bigger picture perspective on how you spend your time. Now that my, you know, my kids are older now and my, my youngest is about to leave the nest here. If, <laughs> if they ever let anybody go back to schooling and I guess. Um, but uh, and so now as I'm hearing them tell me about my fathering, you know, as they've they've gotten to an age now where they're, you know, they've their brains work in a way that where they think about bigger picture stuff. Um, they, they really pay attention to what you do for them and, and when you're there for them and when you're not there for them. And so it's hard because you got to hustle, but I think if you ever have to make the choice, you got to give every second to the kid that you can and, and, and be present, you know, be present with them. And then, focus on what you're doing for yourself when you have your time to yourself you know what i mean be be present where you are on either side of that continuum wherever you are at that particular time does that make sense yeah it does what do you think jeff you know um i would agree with that um people had you know there's the entrepreneurial side and then there's being a dad um as an entrepreneur as well um i had some of the best advice um i had um gotten as an entrepreneur I actually received from my dad and he's um, old school entrepreneur been doing it since he was in his early 30s and uh, uh, he showed us the trials and tribulations of of owning your own business um, over the years and we I watched that uh, manifest and um, learned so much just by watching and it was a different time back then you know um, uh, but you know now um, uh you know, seeing where, you know, he, he's in his retirement years. And um, I, I think, you know, last late last year, I was in a position where I needed to go full time with the hairless dog. And um, because we were orders were piling up, we couldn't keep up with, you know, production, we had so much to do. Um, and uh, he said, um, I was like, Yeah, Dad, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's kind of a risk. And what if I fail? And he said the best advice that I will ever get. He sort of looked off into the distance and, and he said, you know, son, I can think of worse things than failure. And I, that just shook me. 
you know that was like the the most amazing thing that i had ever heard um you, you know you, you only live once and um that we know about and for sure anyway <laughs> and uh you know if you fail i mean you get back up and you dust yourself off you either try something else and move on or you or you try again or whatever it is but there's this belief that that somehow every decision you make um is is you know um life or death and you know we can afford to take some risks you know and uh um you know in in, in life and in business and things like that and if you if it doesn't work out you get up and dust your dust yourself off because there are in fact worse things than failure best thing i ever learned from my dad as a matter of fact <laughs> one last thing that i would just throw on top of that real quick is don't don't worry particularly us as as fathers we tend to feel like we need to be the hero all the time. And so don't be afraid to ask for help. The most important thing you can do is not take on too much and burn out. You know, don't be afraid to show a little vulnerability and ask for help. And the kids really recognize that too, you know, because it's a skill that they need to learn. You know what? Um, just hearing you guys, it makes me realize again uh, how we're all the same. Like no matter if Jeff is up in, I forgot where he said he was, or you are your house, or, you know, you guys are white, I'm brown, you guys have hair, I don't. Because uh, <laughs> um, just hearing you guys is amazing because, like Paul said, uh, right now, he's in the, he's my world. So it's my my fault and my girlfriend's fault that he's a needy kid. He needs attention, Right. So when all this happens and I, uh, lucky enough, I work from home and now I take care of him all the time. And even though I was a hands-on parent, I was never a 24-hour hands-on parent and working. So, and then we moved to this new place and everything is going on. So like I said, I had eczema for having stress, right? Because I feel like if I'm working on work or I'm working or on my little business, and I'm not paying attention to him, I'm a piece of shit dad, right? Because I didn't have a dad growing up, so I need to be the best and the best and the best and the best. So if I don't give him five minutes, I'm a piece of shit dad, right? So that messes up with your head. And like you were saying, you know, you need to balance everything. When you're doing something, do it something correctly and be there in the moment. One thing that I don't know is how to focus. And, I, uh, and then listening to Jeff is... I'm also not afraid to fail. I always tell people, why do I, you know, start a podcast and I don't care if it works or not. I'm not af afraid of failing. It's like I've been failing all my life. It's okay. Like you said, you know, like I, I used to, you know, <laughs> I used to go to auditions because I'm an actor too, but don't tell anybody um, and worry. And then now that I real, and then I started just thinking, you know what? I'm not going to die. And now it's like this, what we're going through, especially in all these situations, now it's just more important to take care of yourself. And at the end of the day, like I, I told Paul at the beginning, we're all healthy. So that's all that matters. And, you know, I think that's a great advice. I mean, you guys are, you believed in what you were doing. You created a great product and you guys are doing the right thing. So congrats, guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. It's back at you, man. Congratulations on building all of this up, too. I know that's not easy. Taking that risk and, and making the first step is the hardest one. But continuing on and pushing through is not easy either. So good on you. Yeah. It's all hard. <laughs> marketing is not uh, isn't that easy yeah. and everything. 
how are you guys handling now? Like, so the, tell us about the business. How's it going? And any will well, having yeah. will having to deal with different situations, not only personally, you know, business wise, everybody's changing. You know, what's the future of by the way, I'll be a customer my whole life. So um, there you go. So you have me. But uh, that doesn't mean you have 350 million people in the United States. Yet. Yet. There you go. We're working on that. Working on that. Um, yeah, you know, that's that's interesting. That's a great question. Um, you know, obviously, the, the trend is here uh, to stay. Numbers look good. Um, we have... Um, Uh, meetings and we watch pretty carefully uh, trends that are happening uh, in the market in the beverage world. The beverage industry tends to be fickle. Um, it is a very, uh, uh, you know, sensitive uh, customer in a lot of ways as to what they are putting in their body. Um, and we understand that. Um, we have chosen to, um, we could go nuts analyzing data and we do, <laughs> but then when we just take a breath, We say, look, I mean, as long as we are creating and engaging, you know, and engaging the customer, you know, we get so many people saying, at last, you have made something for me. We're like, okay, yeah, this is, this is why we do this. This is why we did this. Let's keep engaging the Jose's of the world that are, that, that, you know, that are here for the reason that we're, we're making a bold and interesting non-alcoholic craft beer and let's keep let's keep that going. Let's make more, uh, more products for people like them. And so we are, we do have more, uh, interesting, um, lines coming out that we can't reveal quite yet. Our Citra came out and to me that that's my favorite. I, I think it just is perfect. And our Citra lager has been, um, has been great. People have been, have been raving about it. So we're thankful for that. We're, you're going to probably see a few changes in our lineup and um, all for the better and all for making um, Hairless Dog always engaging and, and an interesting thing to take to a party. Yeah, um, you have my business, so there's nothing else, I mean, for me to say there. But uh, who came up with the logo? Because let me tell you, if it wasn't for my son looking at the doggy and said, get this one, we wouldn't be here. So... By the way, that's amazing. Is, yeah, him and everybody that I, that I, like I said, I put it on Instagram. People are like, "Hey, uh, why are you drinking again?" That's a good compliment. So, who came up with the logo? And the, it's an amazing logo, and your brand is pretty cool. Thank you. We, that, that was the we had a couple of designers working on it um, in the very beginning. Um, there was we had uh, it's gone through a few iterations. Um, the first one was a little bit more minimalistic. I think we still have some shots on our Insta page um, under old school. There might be some shots of the the original uh, incarnation of the dog. Um, and it was a side profile of a, um, we weren't exactly sure. We knew there was probably a, we knew it had to have a dog reference, but then we eventually it, it, it evolved into, um, uh, into the um, uh, Peruvian hairless dog. We think that resembles most likely. Um, it has a, you know, it's fixed on the Northern star, um, and, uh, it, it's, you know, is setting its trajectory toward, you know, reason and sound 
judgment and and you know whatever your north star is we are not here to tell you what it is <laughs> whatever it is that motivates you that's your north star um it also we're a little biased uh, <laughs> no offense to our wisconsin fans because we know you know there's a little football rivalry there uh we the uh there is a reference to the north star state um in the in the star and then also the shape of the dog resembles loosely the uh the shape of minnesota our home state so wow. um there's a few um cues there that we wanted to pick up on um uh the dog the dog um uh you know is me- means a lot to us and i yeah i've been been toying with getting a tattoo like of the star um but you know we're, we're sort of like the uh the sock guys that you hear about on uh, they tattooed the name of the company after they sold us a million in uh did a million in in sock sales or something whatever that is um we talked be worth I, it. you know the, you the, the, it. the star the star is pretty cool uh i would probably consider doing that when we reach a certain volume you heard it here uh, okay, so you guys are from, uh, you know, born and raised in uh, Minneapolis. By the way, I love Minneapolis. I, I always tell people I don't know what what's up with uh, Wisconsin, Minneapolis. That you guys are cool. You guys are nice, and I, we don't want to get political. But let's just say if you go down south, uh, not too nice to me. But you guys are super nice, Wisconsin, uh, Minneapolis. You know, is it because you guys are so close to Canada? Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. Canada's Canada's kindness just kind of spills into uh, into the right. into our region. And I'm very sorry to hear that people aren't nice to you when you go to the south. That's really sad. Um, That's their problem, right? The, I mean, they clearly don't. Yeah. Care. Well, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't. You know. So I for for us, it's just a you know the uh, to me it it I think it's just the culture of people that are just like okay, cool. You know, we. Hey, you like know, I always say, like there's this... there's always good and bad, even in you know there's always good and bad and everything. But you know, so you guys are from Minneapolis. I mean, I I, I gotta tell you, Target Field is one of my favorite uh, uh, baseball stadiums in the United States, and I've been to 17. It's oh nice, it's pretty, isn't Serious. it? Serious. 17 baseball parks. Wow. Yeah. Well, oh, is that an annual tour or something like that? Well, I toured the, the, the country twice with two marketing companies, one with Verizon and one with Nissan. And then I was able to like, since we will go through everywhere, I was able to go to different stadiums. Uh, you know, Dodger Stadium has to be up there. Not only, you know, historical, but it's one of the biggest ones and is the Dodgers. Uh, mm-hmm. But I want to say Target Field is one of my top ones. Um, I don't like the new New York Stadium. Uh, but yeah, especially because I remember like staying by the Mall of America and the tra- mm-hmm. I would just take the train and then go to Target Field, uh, get a little tipsy uh, and then come back. And by the time I got to my hotel, I'll be okay. Right. Yeah. It's they uh, they really squeeze that thing in there. There's not a there's there's not a spare foot. Uh, we actually thought there's going to be a lot more home runs out of there, but there's there weren't any. And I remember for the first year they said it was because the concrete was settling <laughs> and uh, right and bringing the air down. So they, they weren't getting the flight. It wasn't the fact that they signed a cheap a, a bunch of cheap baseball players. It was the concrete. That was that was the popular story around the Twins forever. But no, that's cool, man. I've always wanted to do a whole bunch of baseball stadiums too. I'm a big baseball fan. So you guys are from Minneapolis. I'm from Minneapolis. Yeah, born and raised. Yep. What about I'm you? actually. From, I was born in. I was born in Iowa. Went to college out in South Dakota, and then uh, moved to Minneapolis. Um. Uh, on a whim, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to move to Minneapolis today. 
Uh, and I've been there ever since. Nice. 20 well, years. I got to tell you guys, um, when I started, you know, trying to reach out to Tom and I looked at your your story and how everything, you know, it was the perfect fit for me. And I will always be a fan of, of your brand, of your beer. Uh, so you, can you, since you, Jeff, already said it, but uh, what are you guys' favorite uh, beers? I mean, what's what's your favorite, Paul? My favorite, a sentimental favorite, would be the black ale because that was the that was a, a recipe that I put together when I was still drinking, and that was the one that I spent the most time on perfecting on the alcohol side. So that was the one that we moved over to the non-alcoholic side first, and I just I, I just I just like that one the best. It's a it's it's the most different I think from anything else that's out there. But the if in terms of the, the citra lager did come out a lot better than I had hoped. So I, I'm thrilled with the way that one is, and so I. I That's the one that I'm drinking right now as we're speaking, particularly when the days get warmer. Did you guys know that, uh, uh, and I only speak to what I've seen, what I experienced and stuff like that. So when I say Latinos, I don't, I'm not the Latino voice here. But did you guys know that Latinos, they consume their alcohol with a lot of food? So it's basically like, it's, it's like water. It's like uh, juice. It's like something. So we Latinos, we drink or beers for our meals. So if we go home on a break and have our lunch, we will, you know, pop a beer and then drink it with that. It's part of the food. So food and, and beer is connected to our culture. And I, every time I taste the lager, I want to have food. So I don't know if, if it makes sense. So it's like every time I, f I feel like, uh, and, you know, I, always, I will always, you know, put a po uh, picture on Instagram saying how, the coffee one i could the style the coffee one uh, that you guys have i could you know eat some waffles so is that something that you guys yeah. try to do like combine foods and stuff like that or is it designed for that or you just you know because latinos we like to have whether it's burritos or rice chicken and then have a lager that's a perfect combination for me yeah as a matter of fact what we hired someone with the intention of of just getting it he was a great partner and proponent of the of brand He loved our brand. He came to us. He's like, you guys have really got a um, great thing. Um, love your product and let's brainstorm. So we um, we brought on um, someone who is working on uh, works on recipes. He, uh, he gets them out um, almost weekly, semi-weekly and uh, puts them on YouTube. Uh, you can find them on our website. Um, he does uh, different craft cocktails with our brews. And he'll also find like a, uh, a recipe that he thinks works, works really well. Um, he is a, uh, a very talented chef and uh, a bright young mind, and we're happy to have him on board. But I, we agree uh, it's best paired with food. And as we, as we, this hairless dog is essentially a culinary experience like, like, like um, it was we intended it to be. Yeah. So for me, I want to say, because uh, uh, for me, I only taste it for, is that correct? It's yeah, that's okay. So I think I want to say lager, stout, uh, IPA, and sorry, Paul. Like, eh. no, I get it, man. Uh, I don't know. Like sometimes I was like, yeah, and then sometimes I was like, yeah, okay. Let me let me get the lager more. You know the 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 black ale is actually a uh, uh, very popular in the UK. And Paul brought up his home brewing experience earlier, and um, Paul used to make that a fully alcoholized version. That was the that I I and I love this version too. I'm with Paul on this. I think it's complex. I think there's a little molasses there's like a little bit of like uh toasted almond 
Um, and it's just a very, um, uh, you know, um, complex and, and interesting beer. In the States, you don't hear a ton about black ales, but it's sort of our homage to Paul's, um, you know, he, the, the brew that he made that I would come over. And as soon as I knew Paul was brewing a black ale, I was sitting in his garage. Um, and because uh, to me, it was just, I was like, dude, this is a masterpiece. And then we're like, let's start with a with the black ale. So that one actually has a really special place in our heart because that's kind of where we began. And when we started the company, we actually were were um, putting. We started with a very small co-packer, and we we were you know getting our, our feet wet, if you will. And we started with the black ale, and we had a few iterations of it. Maybe maybe did a few hundred cases here, a few hundred cases here, and they were selling out in in the Minneapolis area. And then we did. We're like, okay, we took a breath, and we're like. Let's pull the trigger on a thousand cases or, or give or take. So we got that and we're like, wow, we are we better sell some beer because to us, that was the big risk at the time. And they sold out almost instantly. And it was that black ale that people were just like, I, you know, they, they just they, they loved it. They kept coming. They're like, I've never had anything like this. Liquor stores were telling us we've never seen a product like move this fast. And, 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 and this is a liquor store and people are coming here to get something that is not liquor. So, um, you know, the, the black ale has a special place in our hearts, oh, but, but yet we me. realize everybody has their own favorites and we have a few new things that we're going to surprises that we've been working on. We're really excited about, um, um, all the art files are done and, and the recipes have been honed in. Um, and we plan to launch those probably first part of 2021. Oh, don't take me wrong. If you give me black ale, I'm still happy. So... Yeah, keep it nice. coming. I mean, uh, I always think uh, lagers for my food, uh, coffees for my afternoon, uh, IPAs just to chill. And then, you know, my L, I was still drinking. I mean, like I said, you guys are doing the right thing for the right reasons and have a great product. Before we go. Uh, all right. I'm going to put you guys on the spot for this. And since you guys are music people, Paul, can you give me like your top five, you know, bands or Cause I'm a, I, I'm a, by the way, I'm a, I'm a big music person. I'm not only like, um, a strict dad, I'm actually very loose dad. I like to have fun, but I put like, you know, you had to say thank you. You had to do the right things to my son and stuff like that. And one thing that I've been doing for, since he was little, I decided not to, you know, have the TV as a babysitter. And that's another mm -hmm. reason why I'm so stressed because I feel that, I need to be such a good person that or dad that I I don't want my son to be glued to the TV. It's a big issue here for us. Uh, we don't watch TV a lot, but we're always playing music. I mean, always. It's incredible because my son had picked his own playlist. And ever since he watched The Mass Singer, he has picked better songs and stuff like that. It's an incredible thing that I, it happened that he has picked his favorite 15 songs and five of them are from Imagine Dragons and he doesn't know them. He doesn't know who they are. He doesn't. So to see a four year old pick a category or a band without him knowing them, without him, you know, thinking that this is the same person or everything. So for me, music is very powerful for me. Yeah. Uh, I think Queen will be the best of the best uh, ever for me. And people could say other stuff and blah, blah, blah. But for me, if you tell me, okay, play one band for the rest of your life will be Queen. But I want to hear your, since you guys are such a music people, Paul, 
Hit me some. Uh, I guess depending on my mood of the day, it would go back. My favorite would go back and forth between Bill Withers or Led Zeppelin. And then, uh, oh, let's see. All right, so I got to pick three more here. So Wilco is in there somewhere, of course. Wilco, wow. Wilco, I'm a giant Wilco fan. Yeah. And I got to give props to my brother, so that would be Soul Asylum. And then, um, oh, God, man. Are you... Uh, you heard of a band? Have you heard of the Afro-Cuban All-Stars? No, but now I'm going to type it. It is. Yeah, they. It's this just fantastic Afro-Cuban big band that I've loved ever since the '90s. And there, uh, it's a collective of, of of Cuban musicians and others that they rotate through. And I tell you, man, it's just it's fantastic. And if you ever get a chance to see them live, oh, another band. Where you, what you've seen you? you've seen Afro Cuban All Stars live? Oh yeah, multiple times, man. So here's Dude, a quick, that's amazing. A quick story about about Jose. You asked a little bit about a Minnesota experience, and one of the one of the uh, one of the things about uh, if you go to a show here in Minnesota and and the the person on stage tries to get the band or the crowd to clap along. As long as they keep it on the one and the and the three, you know, and they do kind of an oompa beat, everything goes pretty good, right? But if if you try to do the offbeat at all, it it doesn't translate. And so, I went to see the Afro Cuban All Stars, and and these guys are flying, you know. I mean, these are the, like some of the world's best musicians, and it's this Afro Cuban music that's got all sorts of stuff going on with a horn section and four, like fourteen people in the uh, doing percussion, man. And they tried to get everybody to do just the real simple one, two, three, one, two. And then the crowd would do that and the band would start playing and everybody in the crowd would immediately go, all right, one, two, three, four. And they, and they stopped and they're like, no, 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 no. Okay, hold on. One, two. So they got them going three times. They went through that. And then the final time that you could just see them go, oh, forget it. And they turned their volume up and just went over the top. But it is a, yeah. Fantastic. That one, and if you ever get a chance to see Bill Withers, he did live at um, Carnegie Hall in like 1972. Might be one of the best live albums I've ever heard. Huh. All right. Jeff put uh, his phone on mute. I'm pretty sure he went and saw his records, and he's like, all right. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. All right, Jeff. I needed, I needed, I needed to, do, uh, to remember music is such an important subject matter that most of our meetings as a company, and we meet um, several times a day, um, will will oftentimes come back to to music, um, and people have very strong opinions as to what's good and what's not. I'm a metal guy, so I I was raised uh, listening to heavy metal. So if you ask me my favorite bands, like like with that that will always be close to my heart, I'm gonna give you a bunch of cliche answers because these bands help like shape me as a teenager but I, I i love metallica i know it's i know they're kind of funny now i know they haven't made a great record in a long time but i mean people say if you had one album you were stranded um, on an island with and you could only listen to i love injustice for all i think that record is absolutely phenomenal the way it was produced and it was gutsy it was a really gutsy move for them as a band at that time and i know the metallica fans are like no man it's a, it's about master puppets or ride the lightning kill em all is another great one um, I love uh, uh, I love Led Zeppelin, just like Paul said. Um, Physical Graffiti is the album that I originally thought. I, I, I circle through their discography all the time, and I'm like, okay, here, here are the winners. And then Physical Graffiti, for so many years, was the one I liked the least. 
and now it's the one I like the most. I think it's it's like the most dense record that they that they made um, bands. Uh, here's another guilty pleasure, and I I oh, this band, I they, people laugh at me, but I love Kiss. I love Kiss. I know that they're funny and they're they're kind of you know um, people kind of say oh yeah you know what if it weren't for the makeup there maybe not. No. But something about that band has always, I've always been intrigued by that band. And not so much lately, but the first five records, maybe six, um, I, I, I think are fantastic. And I, I, I come back to them as being a guilty pleasure. Those are my bands. Well, music has to make you feel, right? Kids will make you feel good. What else do you want? I well, mean, you know, I mean, it, it may, usually makes me feel like I need to be, uh, you know, like drinking beer uh, you know out of out of a you know standing upside down doing a keg stand you should um, try uh, a hairless dog brewery you know they're really good so next time yeah, you want a beer with about, like there's something there's something about bro culture that kind of rubs me the wrong way because lyrically you know kiss does not make sense in the 21st century you know you listen to their music and you say well uh you know how can you say those things and today so i get that that's a lot of their stuff is just not with the times and did not age well But I go back and I listen to them as kind of like, and I take it with a grain of salt, realizing that you know it's these are different times. But uh, yeah, some I kind of like I kind of like some of those old tunes. Well, I know you guys came here to uh, lectures and stuff like. that. No, just kidding. I have an idea <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, for, I want to hear it. for hairless. We don't dog. lecture. Nah, I I, I think uh, my ESL comes out sometimes, and then uh, instead of saying lecture, I wanted to give you say like come and show us your ideas. But I have an idea for you guys. Hairless dog playlist. You We guys, do. You got them on Spotify. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, there you go. And I honestly, was like, hairless the, the... dogs should have a playlist where you guys because you know what? Mm -hmm. You said something. We do find us find hairless dog on Spotify. We've got about four playlists on there that I've got to update. We've we each took one. We're like, all right, let's run with this, and then and and we get busy with company things and filling orders and and stuff like that and making finding new distributor relationships, things like that. But we don't get time to come back to the very important stuff, which is a curated playlist, which represents the music that we think is awesome. So you'll be drinking your beer and listening to what you guys are. To and by the way, just because Paul just described a band that I'm going to be a fan of. So your mix has to be badass. I mean, the mix of music that you guys have is, has to be badass. So I will follow that. I'm actually not a Spotify. Uh, I'm Apple, but I'll probably look for you guys. But, um, you know, and one thing that I want to recommend you guys is uh, mm. since uh, Paul was talking about all this stuff that I know he's going to enjoy, Santana's book. Go read it because Santana is for people like us. This guy doesn't say, hey, uh, you know, Freddie Mercury was this. He goes and he literally says in 1965, there was a band and the drummer was part of this and the drummer was this. And so he doesn't talk about like the star. He goes into the music and dissects every single part of it. It's an amazing book for like musicians, you know, people who like music and stuff like that. So guys, you guys have an amazing beer and an amazing playlist. Before we go, um, tell us where could people get this amazing beer? Where could people find you? Where could people look for you and stuff like that? You know, the um, our footprint is growing quite a bit. Right now, we've got we're in a lot of stores uh, in the Midwest. We're on the West Coast. Uh, 
you know, um, in a lot of um, major retailers. Um, but but I, what I would do is if you don't find um, Hairless Dog in a store that you love, I would just ask for us. Um, we are using, uh, we are reaching out to more and more um, um, retailers to get us on shelves. And if you can't find us anywhere, you can always find us on www.drinkhairlessdog.com. And I think if you also enter hairlessdogbrewing.com that will also take you there but we have a shop page and we'll ship to anywhere in the continental united states yep we're available nationwide through uh total wine and bevmo stores and then strongly in the upper midwest in various liquor stores but we're branching out and we're planning on moving that out this year 2021 is going to be a growth year for us well i don't see any stopping you because once i'm a fan you guys are making a great product looks amazing and you guys are cool. I mean, your story is amazing. Your product is amazing. And I relate uh, as a Latino, as a father, as a as a drinker. So I relate with your product. So first of all, I want to say thank you for making this time to be in this little weird podcast of ours. And um, Hairless uh, Dog Brewing on Instagram too, right? Yep. And by yep. the way, like, so I could go to a store and just say, hey, there's a beer out there. You should have it. That's one thing I could do. Yep, absolutely. We're on all of the all of those platforms, and so somebody can just they'll type it in and they'll look at it and go, "All right, yeah." And if they get enough requests, yeah, they'll they'll place an order. Oh, really? I didn't know. So we could be like brand ambassadors too. Like we just, I could go to my liquor store and be like, "Hey, you should have these guys on your, you know." And then that's how the board starts, right? That would be just about the best thing ever, Jose. Yeah. Okay. Well, really we should all do that, by the way, because that's, you know, you guys are amazing, have a great product, and uh, you guys are cool. So thank you very much for stopping by. And, you know, I, and by the way, um, I bought my beers online, and they were shipped to my house. Very nice. And you have amazing shirts like the one I'm wearing, amazing stickers. And your marketing department, shout out to Tom, it's pretty cool. And before we go, you guys want to give a shout out. We always do shout outs at the end. You guys want to give a shout out to family members customers anybody oh for sure shout out to my sons ronan and mason my wife Jeanette, and of course tom like you keep yelling about is doing a great job and to our friend lisa goodbye lisa absolutely please shout out to my children Eli and Graham. love you so much until next time you guys are listening to dad without a dad guys thank you very much hairless dog brewing my favorite beer, my beer choice.